But here, on the very rim of known space, justice is a long way away. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian. And joining us, thankfully, as always, is your co-host, Spaz. Space, the final backlog. Oh, God. Uh, your co-host, Julie. Happy holidays, everybody. Uh, you're far away from the mic again. I don't know. I don't know. Happy what holidays, everybody. There we go. Uh, and your co-host, your co-host, uh, Jacob. It's all quiet on the Western Front. <laughs> For now. And your co-host, Thorsten. Not Thorsten, David. Thorsten's not here. In 24 hours, the world will change. The wallet will be emptied. The steam winter sale will begin. Oh, God. <laughs> can, my oh, wallet, no. can my wallet handle it? I hope so. Uh, sadly, Thorsten is not with us today. Uh, he is not feeling well. And we weren't sure, Spaz. Thank, th- we're thankful you're here. We weren't sure you were going to be here either. So uh, the topic today is basically what we're playing. We were going to do a look back at 2022, you know, in gaming. Um but we want the whole crew here for that because that's kind of a that's a big topic, and we want the whole crew here for that. So we're going to do that in the uh, in the new year. Um, but today we're just going to have this is our last. Uh, if you're not aware, we don't uh, we usually don't have any streams the week of Christmas, so there aren't going to be any streams next week. So this is basically our last podcast of the year, and so we thought we'd end it light just by talking about basically what we've been playing lately. Um, <laughs> twenty four hours. Mech Warrior Five. I I need to revisit that with some mods. I played it and I was like, this is kind of boring. And then I just kind of shelved it. Um, I uh, still haven't gotten it, and it not and nothing that I've heard so far can convince me to do otherwise. Apparently, it's great with mods. That's what I keep hearing. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've been playing it with mods, and it is good. You right, also that's the approach. <laughs> well, it's not to say that it makes the game playable. That's not the point. The The point is that it, it just adds into the power fantasy if you want to play that way. So that's Fair how enough. I've been doing Which is Which is basically, excuse me, what Mech Warrior is. It's a giant, giant, um, <laughs> giant power fantasy. So we, we thought we'd just end the year on a light note, talk about uh, the games we've been playing lately, what's been taking up our gaming time, maybe... Um, what we've been watching as well, you know, if we have time for that. Um, so I'll start to give everyone a moment to think about their responses. I mean, clearly, I mean, if you watch the stream this morning or watching the stream now, you know, I've been playing a lot of Warhammer, uh, Inquisitor of late, um, the new, there's a new DLC for it called a Sororitas or battle sister, sister of battle. And it is, it is an absolute delight like if y'all know me you know that i've been an assassin shotgunner for a very long time at least a year or two now i've been every character i've rolled has pretty much been an assassin with a shotgun because it is just viscerally joyous to play that character but now with the sister of battle with her hand flamer oh my dear lord (laughs) it's just setting things on fire is a time order tradition it is just extra crispy all over the place and, and everything melts. And depending on the weapon you use, they either melt far away from you or they melt in your face. Uh, and, and nothing is original recipe. It always has to be extra crispy. <laughs> extra, extra crispy. Exactly. So, uh, so I mean, 
I mean, I was play- I didn't play too much before the new season started, but once the new season started, the new season is terrific. Uh, it adds a lot of really fun mechanics, folks. And if if you've played the game before and you want to play it again, they've had now added the option to skip the campaign entirely. So if you have a if you have at least one character that has finished the campaign, you don't you now don't have to repeat the campaign with every other character like you used to. It took them a while. They're kind of the, the the Inquisitor team at Neocore is kind of small. I think it's only three people, so it takes them a while to add stuff. But once they add it, it's great. Um, so now having the ability to have just about everything unlocked from jump uh, is really really nice. And I've I think I've put a, at least a dozen hours in the last week or two into Inquisitor. Um, so playing a lot of Inquisitor got me wondering: Is there a first? Is there a shooter like a first or third person shooter that has similar mechanics to Inquisitor? Mission based, short, uh, lots of meta games. Well, well, you're probably depends. gonna you're kind of gonna probably bring up Warframe, and I was gonna bring up Dark Tide, but no, but, so no. Oh, okay. Does Dark Tide have a similar structure to Inquisitor, like mission based and? Quick missions and yes, it's much simpler. It does technically oh. have less stuff owing to the fact that it hasn't Bra- been in out for new. several years at this point. Yeah, it's brand new. Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was like I didn't like Vermintide, so uh, that's why I, it's a similarish I, structure, but um, but yeah. um, okay, carry on. No. So uh, I asked around, like in my usual gaming haunts, like what's a what's a like a shooter with like quick missions and whatnot. And someone pointed out that the underground mode in the division might be exactly what I'm looking for. I've never played the, the underground. Division? Yeah, I know. So I reinstalled the division the other day. I hadn't played it in a while. I, I kind of petered out on it because I'm like, okay, where is this going? Uh, but and it's, I didn't really know. But now I kind of know where it's going. You have to fish in the fin- a little. Up. <laughs> I can speak today. You have to finish the story missions to unlock this underground mode. But the underground mode is basically a procedurally generated dungeon in the division. <laughs> where you sounds can get, uh, neat. Yeah, so it sounds exactly like what I'm looking for. So I loaded up the division the other day, and I lost three hours to it. Uh, before wow. I knew it. Yeah, I was having a great time running around New York and sniping bad guys and doing some story missions. So uh, I I tried getting into both the Division games and both the times I just didn't enjoy it because things t- took way too long to get put down by anything. Yeah, there is there is that. I mean, but now that I have this goal of trying to get to the underground mode, which, uh, which apparently is not in... Um, which apparently is not in the second game. It's only in the first game. Interestingly enough. Interesting. Uh, so now that I, now that I have something of a goal to do <laughs> with uh, the division, I've been playing that as well. So those have been kind of my two go-to games. The reason I know some people probably are like, why don't you try Warframe? I didn't. <sighs> don't. Don't do it. You know what the big problem with me with Warframe was? The missions dragged There's, on. Th- there's only one? <laughs> The missions dragged on like uh, they, they were like, they just felt too long. Like I'm not done yet. I have to keep going. Oh, every time I played a see, mission in Warframe, I was like, really? This is still, still going. 
Warframe has a lot of issues. It is a game that is very much the fun the first time you go through it that requires you to repeat missions over and over again, putting in as little effort as possible so you get the stuff you <laughs> want to actually play the other missions the way you want to. Uh, yeah. The progression in that game is just completely busted, in my opinion. Yeah, maybe that's one of the reasons that I mean it 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 like progression like progression is a tough thing to nail in any game. Like you don't want to feel like you're spinning on a hamster wheel. And in that game I felt like I was spinning on a hamster wheel, just going round and round and round and round and round. I have um, done actual farming that was less tedious than Warframe. Oh shit. <laughs> like physical tilling the land. Yes. <laughs> I have done some of that. It was less tiring and less tedious than Warframe's gameplay. That might be one of the funniest things I've heard on this show. Hey, Jacob. That's yeah, true. Warframe. Warframe. Our farming's so bad, actual farming is more fun. That's a, that's a box quote right there. Warframe. Actual farming is more fun. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, terrific. So, yeah, some people recommended Warframe to me, and I'm like, no. But when they said The Division, I'm like, oh, I kind of like The Division, you know? And now that I know it's got this procedural subway, yeah, procedural New York subway thing, I want to try it. So I got to play the story missions, but that's okay. They're fun, you know? Good to um, know. Well, there's also something like Gunfire Reborn, which is uh, yeah. completely procedural from the beginning. Yeah, someone mentioned uh, Gunfire Reborn as well, so I, I reinstalled that. Apparently, when I tried it in early access, it was still missing a lot of crap. But apparently, it's hit 1.0 recently. Um, yeah, I haven't I haven't uh, jumped back in recently, but there is co-op, so it might be something we might want to try at some point. Wow. Okay, so we have some people in the chat saying Warframe's new player experience is the worst part of the game. You would think. Uh, you would think <laughs> that they would make that. They would try and make that the best part of the game. Like, how do you, how do you get people into a game if if your uh, if your uh, if your onboarding is terrible? Like, <laughs> farming really? <sighs> game devs of your talents. Thirteen hundred hours. Wow, two thousand hours. Well, okay, I mean, wow. I mean, that's great if it works for you. But like I said, the real the real issue with me is that the missions just dragged. Like I thought I was done. It's like, wait, I have to keep going. Oh, I want to be done. Oh, I really want to be done. That's why I love Inquisitor. That's why I love Inquisitor. You know, what was that, Jacob? Uh, no, carry on. No, because the missions are rarely more than ten or fifteen minutes. And it is very rare where I feel like, oh, my God, this should be done by now in Inquisitor. Even on the biggest maps, you know, uh, I, ne I never like I never really feel. OK, what Blue Blueberry? Are you new, by the way, Blueberry? I don't think I've noticed you. I don't think I've seen your name before. So if you're new, welcome. Uh, hey, Luke. Uh, thank Oh, Luke. I don't know if you saw the stream earlier, but thank you for the stuff you emailed me in uh, Inquisitor. I appreciate it. Um, I don't think I wrote back in the game, so I'm saying thank you now. Um, so what, Blueberry, I have, to, I have to ask, what are you confused about? Because I have a thing where if a mission feels like it takes too long, um, 
if a mission feels like it takes too long, I want to, I want to bail. I, yeah, I don't know. The last time I tried a Warframe mission, it was like, I thought I was done. They're like, no, you got to do this thing now. It's like, oh no, I don't want to do that thing now. I just want to go. I want to be done. Ah, new friend, new friend of David. Well, welcome, uh, Blueberry Poot. That's a that's a cute name, by the way. I don't know why I find it adorable. Um, but yeah, most of my time of late has been uh, Warhammer. I I mean, I've got over. I'll, I'm I'm approaching 300 hours in it, which for me and my gaming ADD is a lot. Um, so they they're doing something right for me at least. Uh, it's not everyone's cup of tea, I know, but for me, it is definitely mine. One of my favorite cups of tea. Um, so, Spaz, uh, what what's been uh, occupying? Uh, I can talk. What's been occupying your gaming time of late? Well, I've been bouncing around between uh, several games, uh, several Bullet Heaven games, because well, even though they are short in terms of each run, the progression is fun enough that I have, I've, oh, let's see, Bone Razor Minions, uh, uh, Tiny Rogue, Soulstone Survivors, Rogue Genesia, especially. That's been taking up a lot of my time. Uh, JRPG-wise, there is Chained Echoes, which just released this month and is really incredible. How's the multiplayer? <laughs> 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 okay, for those who don't know, five, sorry, at least five people have refunded the game. Wait, okay, well, sorry. no, because because people beginning. haven't listened. Yeah, so uh, so Chained Echoes is a single player game, but as of this recording, at least five people have refunded the game, saying that the multiplayer doesn't work. It's a purely single player <laughs> RPG experience. Now, to clarify, there's like about a 95% chance they just picked a, they just picked it random because they uh, wanted to ditch because they didn't like the game and also wanted to ditch it. But I don't know. That seems like something you'd actually have to write out. I think you have to write. The, I think you have to write that out, don't you? I think. No, uh, multiplayer doesn't work is one of the pre-made options. Oh, I know, right, I've, that is. Yeah. But that's because, still... because I have actually used it a couple of times. But you did have. They would have had to select it. Oh. Out of the pile, there's a again fairly high chance they just picked it at random. Because there's no mention of even the word multi on the Steam page, and uh, does it mention anything about multiplayer even in passing in the game? No, nothing. No, so, nothing at all. Speaking of chain echoes, as far as I wanted to ask, because uh, it does sound like a fun game, because but I'm in a two mind. I'm a bit of a two minds about it. On one hand, it's a JRPG, not the biggest fan of those. On the other hand, it has some percentage of giant robots. Yes, that is so true. So my question is, what percentage is that? <laughs> and is it a high enough percentage for me to warrant dragging myself through my uh, disgust towards JRPGs? Well, here's the interesting thing about Chained Echoes. It's set up in a way that you don't actually need to grind. What? Uh, that that doesn't oh. answer my question. Well, no, he's, this is important. He's, he's getting this is important. He's getting there. Yeah. I, can, I can tell this is important because this is leading get, to it. <laughs> yeah, you can get through. Uh, you get through about a, a third of the way through the game. Uh, I, I mean, I, maybe a, it's like the first two chapters. Basically, uh, you start with access to uh, to mechs, and then you lose that. And then at a point in the story, you get access to mechs again, and it opens up a lot of exploration. But 
I mentioned that about the grinding part because you don't get XP like you normally would in a in most other RPGs. You just get money and and uh, use that in order to buy better equipment. Now, you can grind. There is actually stuff you can grind for, which is materials to use to craft better stuff. You can upgrade your your equipment to make it a lot better, and that's what you grind for. But you can get to the point at which you unlock mechs pretty quick. Um, you get to keep those. Yeah, and you get you get four of them, and you can customize a lot about so how it's they fight. Not like a gimmick, you get like once every fifth, like once every five hours, like I've seen in a like I like I expected them to be. So this is very much, despite the uh, like high fancy aesthetic, this does seem sound like it plays a lot like the older Xenoverse series, the like Xeno Xenogears, Xenogears, for example. Yeah, like uh, like Xenogears and uh, Chrono Trigger. Uh, in uh, in the turn based combat. Okay, so Chrono Trigger is a is, is, that, 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 that's a big name to just drag out there. That's a very that's very high praise. I hope it, it lives not, up to it. it. It was very much an inspiration for the game, and it's a single developer, by the way. I am impressed. Yeah, that one looks really. Yeah. Uh, that that one looks like. Someone like me, the the grind was the big thing that kind of turned me off from Yakuza, as you know. Uh, I'm quite interested in Chained Echoes for that reason. Yeah, you can, again, you can grind, but there is there is an important point to that, which is that you're only grinding for the materials that you need in order to upgrade your equipment. If you don't want to grind for that, you you can go without. But there are some areas in the game that will absolutely wreck your face if you are not prepared. And you can hit a lot of those later in the story. So you, you can come back to those areas later. You're meant to come back to them later. I see. Thank you for linking the games, David. Much appreciated. You're very quick yeah. on that. You're very quick on that. So I appreciate it. I try. I always, try. Uh, you're, you're lightning always, fast at I, I that. Yeah, Chain Deckers looks good, and from what I've seen on my the gaming communities I hang out with, it's got been getting very, uh, very positive uh, reception. It's been getting a very yeah. positive reception. Yeah, Steam and reviews are ninety one percent positive. Wow. Yeah, and uh, and it's they just announced today. The dev just announced today that New Game Plus is something that is currently being worked on. Oh, uh, okay. I won't ask you if you get to keep the robot, but. Uh... That I honestly don't know because I haven't hit the end of the game yet. But fair enough. I, I am at uh, 38 hours in the game currently, and okay. I am having so much fun with it, just exploring. And uh, it's not exactly grinding, but I'm going through some areas that I have gone through before because there are chests that you can miss, for example, that that you don't have access to because you don't have the proper means of exploration so you have to go back and and check some of those areas and if you played final fantasy 6 and how the the uh the previous world versus the ruined world in the second half of the game are very different places there are some areas that are permanently changed and Mm. so that opens up new opportunities or closes off old ones 
Oh, yeah. okay. It's a very intriguing game. I like it a lot. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Uh, well, yeah. Again, I, I only didn't get it because I thought they would just use the robots as a marketing gimmick because they didn't show up like at all. They only showed up on a single screenshot. So I thought they were just going to show up once. Yeah, and then, yeah. You, and that's you it. get access to them at a certain point of the story, which actually makes sense that you get access to them at that point because there's a time skip. And then, and at, at the end of the time skip, you have access to four of them. You either are on foot or in your mechs with a party of four. Delightful. And, uh, yeah. Because uh, that's the thing I get about the most. Well, really, I mean, you played Xenogears, so you have this the same sort of idea in mind. You're either on foot or in your mechs, and yes, the combat is very different. Yeah. Uh, uh, Wink, we are talking about Chained Echoes. Link further up in chat. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, Chained Echoes looks really good. Uh, yeah, I'll have to get it on sale at some point. Once yeah, I'm- another one I got to mention, I yeah. have to mention it, is yeah. Zero Sievert. Oh, God, that game. Fucking game. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, fucking game. I'm guessing you're not good at it. Oh, God, no. Uh, it's a It's a top-down survival game that is fascinating. And I am horrible. Define fascinating. It it, proce- okay. it procedurally generates these massive levels that like are really well done and make sense, and they're full they're full of neat enemies and things to loot and everything, and the graphics are delightful and it's 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 a fun game to it's a fun world to spend time in, even though it's like post apocalyptic. But like I see, it's a top-down stalker-like. Okay, I, yes. I, in see, fact, I see. Not yeah. only I is it stalker-like, cooking with. <laughs> not only is it a stalker-like, there are anomalies spread around the maps, and you actually can, using the G key, throw bolts to try to figure out where they are. I know exactly what we're cooking with. Thank you very <laughs> much. I am getting that the second I have the funds for it because uh, I'm. More it's, illegally appro- obliged to. It's a stalker like. <laughs> I have 72.7 hours in it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it is. It is so. I am terrible at you can, it. I'm so you can die it. in a few hits if you are not careful. And, and if you do go carefully. Yeah, if you, if you are careful and you kill an enemy, you want to clear the area before you start looting. I think that's the biggest mistake a lot of newbies will make, uh, is that yeah, they will just I run up that. to the body <laughs> and immediately try to loot without actually making sure that the area around them is clear. And then they get so, attacked and killed while they're in the inventory screen. So my Tarkov senses will, in fact, help me here. <laughs> I would assume so, yes. Oh my god! Like the last, I tried to play it the other day, and like I'm, I'm trying to be very slow and sneaky and not attack, attract anyone's attention, and got killed by a sniper. <laughs> like, oh fuck you, game! I'm, oh god, yeah. It, it. I wanna. It, it's, it's not the game. It's me. I know it's me. Um, but man, <laughs> fucking game. <laughs> Yeah, it will. Yeah, you could turn a corner and be shot dead in seconds. Yeah. Because there's someone right around the corner. You can often hear them before you see them. Like, you'll, if there are metal floorings, you can hear them walking around. If they're a wolf, you'll hear the wolf cry, the wolf howl. And sometimes they will lie down 
and you won't notice that they're not moving. But if you've got a laser sight, you move that laser sight around, and if that line gets broken, there is something there. Oh, Jose, I've also been playing a lot of Star Traders Frontiers. Yeah. It's so good. Right, so... <laughs> That's another thing I've been that. playing lately. <laughs> as I said, I've been bouncing between a lot of games, and uh, Valheim is also on there, sounds as like, well as River City Girls 2, which just came out. Sounds like me. Sounds like me. Just, <laughs> sounds like almost, you almost got the ADHD. <laughs> almost. Ooh, shiny thing. <laughs> Pretty much. I've had a lot of time recently. That's fair. I mean, you got to enjoy yourself if you have the time. You know, absolutely. I I just, I just wish Inquisitor could, would come to Switch. I know it never will, but I I wish it would. I would I would I would literally murder someone. <laughs> to, to Julie, stop stop infecting other podcast members. No, I love my Switch. <laughs> I would, I'm just glad I now have a laptop where I can play Inquisitor like in the other room as well. So that is that is really nice. Um, anyway, so that's Spaz. That those are the uh, those are the varied games that you've been playing. Yeah, lately. yeah. I, as I said, I've been playing a lot of Bullet Evans and then those major ones that I've mentioned. Yeah. Now, Wink, I don't I don't see the need. I don't have a use case for the deck. Because I I rarely leave the house, I don't like commute anywhere, and I have a gaming laptop that can play just about everything I want. So and, and a switch, so I I don't need the like how much is a deck six hundred dollars? Yeah, I something I, something like, like that. Yeah, I I mean, if I had a use case for it, like I was going to a job and I was taking a bus, you know, I could maybe see the use for a deck. But since I have a switch, eh. And a laptop? No, I don't really need a deck. Well, um, you can play Warhammer Mechanicus on Switch. I know it's a poor substitute, but... It is a very poor substitute. It is not the same in any way. So, Julie, what have you been playing? Probably not Mechanicus, I'm guessing. <laughs> no. But uh, first, uh, I don't know if I should thank you or not, but uh, it's you are the one who introduced me to uh, Warhammer Inquisitor and uh. twice... Twice in the last week, I have looked up and seen one o'clock in the morning. At oh, the no. Said, oh, my God, I got to get up at seven for work. Uh, so that is <laughs> one of my primary games. I am up to level 48 now. Uh, nice. Luke and David and I uh, played it just before the show. Oh, nice. Uh, the other thing is... Uh, a friend of mine is the director of Conan Exiles, and uh, so uh, he gifted me the, the uh, complete game, and we alternate. We have a static group on Sundays, and uh, every Sunday evening, and we alternate between that game and Final Fantasy XIV. So uh, the other thing that I've been playing in here i'm sure everybody's heard of it but i've got a, a link to it here is is uh horizon zero dawn which is what my uh big steam purchase was on the last sale and uh i uh, i've been having a lot of fun with it i've had some people who 
talk about, uh, you know, it running poorly, but, you know, maybe it's because I just got a new computer, thanks to my sister here, and uh, runs as smooth as a bunny's bottom, and uh, I have not had any problems at all. I've played it. It's serviceable. And uh, the other thing is, because normally I always say I only do math when I get paid to do it. Uh, I I can link a picture here, but uh, I have, and this is on Switch. It's on just about everything, but uh, it's a puzzle game, which I play to kind of keep my mind sharp. And most of the puzzles are like that. And you can go out on Facebook and you have to guide your little, guide the little room. Oh, hello, Julie. We lost Roddy for a second. Julie. Oh crap! <laughs> Ground sounds, control to Julie. That sounds like a cell phone call. You know, that, that's. <laughs> oh, Julie. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. yes. What happened? Oh, there we go. Uh, my my headphones. It has this funky little switch on it. Uh, anyway, um, don't press I, it. Uh, don't press it. It's so hard what, not to. What, what is this puzzle game you were just talking about? The thing is, this is, was done by one dev, and it started out as just a little uh, Android thing, and now it's on Switch and a whole bunch of other things. Um, but it's the whole deal is, you see how complex the little, the, the little 3D thing is, and uh, you can spin it 300 60 degrees up down backwards and you can see the little robot and the goal is you have to figure out how to get the robot through the entire maze and the maze moves and uh it's a puzzle and i i play it just to try and keep my mind uh exercised and sharp while i am otherwise vegetating and playing inquisitor but what's, what's it called it's called mechorama and I'd like to, because if I just said Mechorama, nobody would probably know what it is. But um, uh, my doctor suggested playing puzzle games to uh, some way to keep your mind active as you get older. And uh, I guess I qualify as older. I'm over 60 now. So, <laughs> and that, and I will say, as a, a friend of mine said, that I'm also playing the real life game because I'm rewriting my first book and writing the second one. And I'm on the second draft of the first book. So uh, that working full time keeps me busy. Well, that's awesome. All right. Uh, who's next? I guess Jacob, I guess you're up. What have you been playing lately? It would be me. And I've been playing uh, not actually that many games. Uh, Right, so a couple. Of th- so the big thing is, I've stopped my uh, I've stopped my uh, MMO laser focus on Final Fantasy fourteen and switched to an MMO laser focus on Guild Wars two. Oh, okay. Yeah, th- did you just get the Steam release? Is that why? Uh, uh, yes. Now, admittedly, I did have a. I did technically play the game from close to day one, but uh, uh. Well, obviously, uh, but I decided to start a new character and, you know, play a game from the ground up. And I've been enjoying myself, especially owing to the fact that I've found people to actually play with and that can help me do stuff. Uh, the game is a lot of fun. It is very unique as far as MMOs go. It is uh, far less pigeonholy in terms of roles. 
Uh, it has some weird quirks to it. The monetization is fiddly, to say the least. It does have the upside of not having a subscription, but it does try to uh, get money out of you in other ways. Yeah, like season passes and things like that. Yes, exactly. There's uh, there's there's um, obviously there's expansions, the big one. There's other stuff related to them. There's cosmetics, but overall, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, not much else to say there, without going into like way too much detail. Other stuff I've been playing is recently released uh, Warhammer 40k Dark Tide. Why? Because I think it's neat. Uh, I've had the, I've made the correct choice of picking the Ogryn class, uh, which is very, which is very notorious because it's the one class that requires the least effort on the part of the player, because you pretty much just apply your face into the enemy horde and spam the left mouse button and win. So what or is if the, you're like me, you just what is the Ogryn? Uh, I'm, I'm not familiar. What is the Ogryn is class? Is the is the, the big schmuck on the cover? Oh, the big guy. So it's a, it's is it a melee class? <clears throat> it it's primarily a melee class. You can also take either an automatic shotgun or a machine gun or a single shot grenade launcher. It's Mind you, it, it, sorry. It is predominantly the big uh, crowd clearing class. Uh, that's the primary like gimmick of the Ogryn. Obviously, this is a uh, this is a tide game from uh, from Fat Shark, so it's got a lot of swarms of angry, angry chaos things trying to eat you. Uh, and the Ogryn is the best solution to them, be it through liberal application of shotgun, machine gun, or mace. Hmm. Uh, I did particularly, I did particularly enjoy it. I understand anyone who says it's not that good. It does have its problems in that it feels like an early access release in some aspects. Oh, still. Even though it's like a 1.0? Yes, despite not being one. It feels oh. like it's kind of underdeveloped. It's oh. got a good uh, core gameplay loop, but it's a bit, but it's rather fiddly when it comes to other stuff. So I would say, I wouldn't even say, like, get it immediately or whatever. Get it either on sale or, or wait until it gets better, because it looks like it's going to. Yeah, that's, 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 that's what I've been looking at. And I'm like, I, it's Warhammer and it's 40K and I love 40K video games, but it's like, eh. It looks like it needs some more time in the oven. Maybe a little more content. No know. arguments there. It does have the upside of only releasing at $40 base rather than the 60 you'd expect from a game of this caliber. Yeah, I think that is pretty... What was that? Can I ask you? I'm looking at the, the trailer here. And I, I'm, you know, I haven't heard of the game until I saw it in, in the Steam, this, the stream this morning but i see like the little ship and then i see the and i see the little area that they're running through and the run and gun thing is this like set on more than one planet or or is that just uh, no it's a single big planet though it does have a few different uh sites to go to but it is usually grungy warhammer 40k uh nightmare place when it comes to the environments the environments are Absolutely gorgeous looking, but they can be saving. Uh, Chad is asking about 40k Demon Hunters. It is serviceable. It looks a bit oh, exceptional. It looks a bit XCOM-y, right? That's the one. That's yes, kind of and when you compare it again, and when you compare it against XCOM, it's okay. It's one of the, it's one of those GW shotgun games where they just give give the license out to anyone brave enough, and uh, they, they they just make a different game with a with a 40k license slapped onto it, and it turns out decent. 
And I know some people who absolutely love it. I love that one. Like they absolutely uh, that's fair. love it. <clears throat> I think it's okay. But yes, Dark Tide. Uh, personally, quite enjoyed it. Uh, would not like would not like massively recommend it for everyone. But if you first of all, if you're a person that enjoyed the uh, Vermintide games, it will still be fun in the same in the same core gameplay loop sense. Uh, and it's not. And if you find it on sale, which might happen sooner or later, then definitely snag it. Uh, Have you played it with bots at all? Like I, I've heard, you can play it entirely with bots. If you you sort of can. Uh, it's not practical. <laughs> It is also, uh, there's also very minimal reason to do so, uh, because, uh, because trust me, the bots will, will somehow rush and rush and be more annoying than players. It's amazing that the, some of the best bots in a, in a game like that are still like unreal tournament, you know, like still like the best bots in the business are 20 years old at this point the thing with me with pvp games and one of my friends is older than i am and even though he was a combat vet he said he doesn't do pvp anymore because he doesn't want to get his ass handed to him by people half his age who have the reaction time of a rattlesnake on meth so i know i'm not going to be able to compete well and that's why i tend to shy away from pvp games well uh that game is co-op. Yes, it is. Is yeah. it? It looked like it was PvP. So no, it's no, it is pure co-op. It's it's kind of like uh, uh, the yeah, Deep Rock Galactic in that you're a party of four, four, and, and you're supposed to chew through chew through a level, survive, and <laughs> uh, do an objective, and leave. Yeah, it's oh, basically, that, it's basically that's a whole other kettle of fish. Then, wow. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. it goes on sale. I'd like to try it. Probably not uh, for a little while because it just came out. Like, it is fresh out of the box month? and already at a less than sixty dollar pl- price. Um, yeah, but it's a little. I think it's a little too new to really go on a deep sale just yet. You probably want to wait. Yes. Besides that, what other things have I been torturing myself with? In this case, <laughs> uh, Dwarf Fortress. So oh, the torture is oh, very much appropriate. That game is. Uh, uh, I look at it. it, it and and it looks interesting. And then I look at the myriad of beginner YouTube videos that people have made, like Dash and Tactic. That they started and they started six hours. Yes. Yeah, Dash Tactic is my favorite, and he's got like I think an eight part, eight hour, um, stream just for me, like series of videos just for beginners. I'm like, I, it's a pretty I, spicy one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I could, I. Uh, like, yeah, I, just don't, Brian. Just I don't. just don't Save think I should. I kind of want to get it just to, <laughs> one, support this kind of game, and two, I want to see the worlds being built. Like, that that that's, that looks fascinating to me. But Yeah, personally, I enjoyed it dramatically. But it is a game for insane people, and we have already established on this podcast multiple times, I am insane people. Yeah, I th- I think once they add adventure mode, which I'm much more interested in, that's probably when I'll dive in. Uh, yeah, uh, all right. Yeah. Even then, Brian, I don't know, man. I don't know I either. Really I've tried I've tried the ASCII version a couple of times, and I I it's kind of, it it kind of feels as almost as impenetrable as uh, Caves of Cud in that regard. You know, uh, 
Keys of Code is worse. Oh man! I no, watched, no, I watched Luke play it when uh, we were one day when uh, David and Luke and I were talking, and it. The thing is, I've done some base building games, but it looks so complex it brings me back to my advanced statistics class where they had to teach us how to do linear regression by hand. And I saw all the charts, and I said, "Oh my god, I'll never handle it." It it does look like that. Yeah, it does look. Well, as someone who's made it through college-level mathematics, I, I guess I'm the target audience. <laughs> and yes, this yeah, is War okay. Fortress. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, the game looks fascinating, but kind of like Eve, it looks like something I want to read about later rather than actually play. Oh, coincidentally, I have also played Eve Online. I haven't played it in a year now? Two years? Oh, you're a while. What brought you back? Uh, the, no, uh, nothing right now. I'm oh, not playing oh, it. Oh, I've for two years. Right oh, right, 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 right. Um, yeah, uh, I, it does look like work, Jose. It does, and and I, I, I prefer things on the simpler side, which is why I love Inquisitor. It's like just run around and kill. You know, <laughs> easy. Apply piece. gun to enemy face. <laughs> melt, melt, melt. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, Dwarf Fortress looks fascinating, but I I just don't think I should play it. <laughs> Honestly, it's just like I love that a game like that exists for people like Jacob and other people who 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 want to dive into something that 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 deep and detailed, but wow, it looks I don't know if my brain can handle it. Like honestly, I don't. I don't think I'm smart enough to play Dwarf Fortress. I'll just say it. I don't think I'm smart enough. <laughs> it does. It does seem like it would make you feel like an idiot. Yes. And and yes. that's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've said that before about other games, and if they were too complex for you, then I would not recommend Dwarf Fortress. Like like no. like people look at the ASCII art for Starfleet Two and assume it's Dwarf Fortress in space, and it's not at all. Um. It is somehow less convoluted. I I think that I think that is the most complex, maybe Battle Cruiser three thousand, that I can handle, um, and that's involving like one single spaceship. We're talking about a full thing full of thousands of dwarves, and you have to worry about their toilets. Like one thing that almost got me to buy the game is that apparently there are cats in the game, in Dwarf yes, Fortress, and they. And you cannot assign them an owner. They choose their yes, owner. Yes, they adopt. They adopt dwarves as uh, their owners with an asterisk. I love that so much. I almost bought the game based on that alone. Because <laughs> yes, th there's a lot of silly stuff with cats in this game because to because uh, the author Toady One owns a cat and he tried to model them as accurately as possible and he ended up making a um, having a patch where a bunch of cats died of alcohol poisoning what oh no right so here's what happened oh no um <laughs> when dwarves are in a tavern and they get assigned a job when they're holding a drink they do what a dwarf does and immediately just chuck the drink onto the floor and go so the drink ends up on the floor uh now, when cats walk, in, walk over liquids, they uh, get soaked in that liquid, like things that walk on liquid tend to do. So, and then Toadie programmed, uh, programmed in that cats lick themselves, which is fair enough. They do. That. Oh, no. uh, and then he programmed oh, no. in that, that when cats, uh, that when cats um, 
uh, lick themselves, they ingest whatever, whatever is on them. Failing to account for the fact that it counts them as having drunk the entire, the entire mug of beer. While Just also crack. taking into account oh. the differences in mass. Because Tony is insane. Oh. And had that as a president already. So a bunch of cats ended up dying for alcohol po- of alcohol poisoning for like a whole patch. Oh. That's so dark. Fortress. Wow. Uh, and that's not even getting, and that's not even getting into the uh, uh, into the Merfolk genocide. Oh man, yeah. I mean, this this game sounds like an amazing story generator. Oh yes, uh, emergent alcoholism, <laughs> emergent alcoholism, emergent kitten alcohol poisoning. Oh, no. That's a tagline. Cut print done. But yeah, Jacob, if if anyone on this show, on if any of us co-hosts. I, I would imagine play are playing Door Fortress. You would be the first on my list. <laughs> I'm glad I've developed. I'm glad I've developed my my reputation as the insane person here. <laughs> apparently, the the apparently sim- I the the simulation loving um, depth deep diver basically. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't have. <laughs> If, if it doesn't have a full damage chart, don't get it. Uh, I'm not interested. <laughs> if it doesn't have full Speaking damage, charts, it's crap. <laughs> Speaking of uh, charts, I uh, on top of uh, on top of uh, video games, I've been playing a lot. I've also been getting heavily into uh, tabletop war games, specifically uh, the ones by uh, Ad Astra Games, specifically Squadron Strike, which right, is fun. Right, it's, we're gonna it's we're, spacey. We're gonna have him on the show. Uh, yes, at, uh, at some can, point. Can, he, yeah. he asked very politely if he could be on the show, and we agreed. Yeah, uh, and, but, and, then, and then he wrote me. I'm just going to say, he wrote me. He's like, hey, you want to do a training session? I'm like, sure. How long did they last? Three hours. And I just shriveled into a ball and died. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's an average playtime. <laughs> no, no, no. it, it's, a, it's a tabletop game. It's not a. No, it's a tabletop <laughs> game, David. It's uh, Ad Astra. It's a uh, very. It's right? It's very detailed. Uh, star. Space fighter combat? Am I remembering that correctly? Uh, okay, depends on the game because the one I've been playing is Squadron Strike, which is uh, the mid, the entry level game in uh, <laughs> Astro Games' uh, uh, repertoire, designed to essentially try to, s- to roughly simulate uh, a- any kind of uh, sci-fi setting with varying, de- with varying, de- uh, with whatever the local degree of. Uh, uh, realism is, uh, as well as provide a- as many play aids as possible to make it so, in theory, the only thing you need to know to play the game is how to count to three. Uh-huh, yeah. I just I just see time to learn one to two hours, and I just want to go into the corner and cry. Uh. Admittedly, it is, a, <laughs> it, it is a lot easier to uh, learn with an actual person than it is by reading the book. Because the problem, because the thing is, the way Squadron Strike works is it relies on settings. It's setting specific, and each setting has about twenty percent of the of the stuff in the book on a good day, something like that. Uh, so you have this massive book filled to the brim with rules, and you're only going to use like one out of five of them, which is why it's much better to learn with a person and learn to and uh, learn and teach a specific setting for it, like Traveler or Newton's Cradle or Starfleet Battles, when that gets uh, when that gets 
It's currently in, in uh, licensing hell, so that's but uh, oh, Starfleet Battles. That's all I can say. Starfleet Battles. Yes. Is, oh, that sucks. The like the like you know what that is, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, like, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of uh, yes, it's currently in this weird licensing limbo where it's going to someone except not. Re- Point being, uh, Squad of Strikes is what I've been playing. There is also Attack Vector Tactical for people who are more insane than me, which is saying something. Which is saying a lot. <laughs> uh, and they also have uh, two, uh, and they also have uh, a jet combat game called Birds of Prey that like six people total have played, and I'm somehow not two of them. Uh, but yes, I've been playing a lot of Squadron Strike, basically weekly. Been a play, te- been a helping, uh, k- helping Ken of Aras- uh, the uh, CEO of Arastra playtest. Oh wow! Uh, playtest a lot of modules. Oh, that's and great. he has actually officially rec- uh, officially asked me, and by officially I mean just sent me a message of Discord. Hey, do you want to like get, uh, have the script I use it? I used to teach people, and you can like teach pe- teach people the game in an EU time zone. And I went. Sure, mate. If you think I'm qualified, I'll take it. I think once we <laughs> once we get him scheduled for on the show, we should probably maybe maybe I'll get down that finding three hours to do anything is is tough. Yes. Sometimes, so. Now to clarify, he did not ask if memory serves it. Uh, what the game he asked is not for is not Squadron Strike. It's a uh, what was it called again? I'll I'll explain that. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, we'll probably have him back on the show after the new year. We had him on uh, years uh, ago, and it was a fun time. But uh, we'll definitely yeah, have him a, back on. No, he's a great guy. He's great. I'm, I'm, I'm friends with him on Facebook. He's a great guy. He's very funny. Um, so right, I'm, so I'm, we're I'm missing look- David. Yeah, we haven't gotten to David yet. Uh, David, what are you playing? <laughs> I've been uh, bouncing around a few games here. I can't get as detailed as you guys because the time and all. So I'll try to be quicker. Nah, we don't want to rush. First of all, Brian, I want to thank you for showing off this game because uh, this is fun. I only have five hours in it, but... Uh, well, tell you, us what it is. Uh, Star Math. Oh, God. Ro- that game time. is so freaking great. What Who is knew? this? It's, Who knew it, that Math could be fun? It's a math-based combat game made by the guy who made Interstellar Rogue, which is a very good game on its own, but now the sequel is a math-based game where you have to do, uh, we have to do maths uh, to attack your enemies. And uh, how have I not played this yet? It's it's basically like it's Math so, Blaster free or anything. It's so it's, good. It's really it's good. so good. Like I I love just loading up around every now and again, just like doing some maths. And I've never had more fun doing math. I'm usually not a fan of math, but. Um, Same here. But uh, Star Math Interstellar Rogue Two is freaking terrific. Like, well, I'm the I'm the weirdo that enjoys math, so that means I probably means I like it a lot. Oh, you will probably enjoy this very much because you can it to, when you do when you get to a certain number in the math, you can either repair your own ships or attack enemy ships, and uh, and. And it's, it can really be a brain buster because it's like, okay, to attack that ship, I need a negative 87. Okay, what do ah. I got? You know? <laughs> and, uh, and Okay, so you have a target number and you need to like do actual equations to get to that target number. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, I see. Uh, so it's not just bigger number. It's a specific like, g- assemble formulas to get a specific result. I see. 
Exactly. exactly. And uh, you can you, you can unlock new ships that give you new powers and, and all sorts of stuff. And, and there's like dozens of ships to unlock that you can take with you on your runs. Um, yeah, it is. That's a good one, David. That's a really good one. I'm really happy I was able to uh, introduce you and others to that one because, yeah, his first game was Pretty great. Different. His first game was great. And then when he announced this one, I'm like, what? <laughs> what is happening? Uh, but then I played it. I'm like, oh, this is terrific. <laughs> this is absolutely terrific. Uh, yeah, I can't recommend that one enough, folks. I don't think it's very expensive either. I think it's like, what, five bucks? Ten bucks? Twelve bucks currently. Yeah, it'll probably be on sale too in the upcoming Steam sale because it like was released in July. So that's that's more than enough. But yeah, this game is is absolutely terrific. I, I can't recommend it enough. It, yeah, it, yeah, good choice, David. All right, so number two, uh, something else that I've been playing. Um, so uh, I kind of bounced off of uh, Vampire Survivors when it came out, and uh, then Spass introduced me to Void Scrappers. Yes, so I tried that one out, and that one clicked with me. I gotta say, it's uh, really nice. And uh, yeah, once again, I I bounced off of uh, Vampire Survivors. I'm getting back to that later because <clears throat> things have changed. Let's just say that. But basically, this is Vampire Survivors in space. Mechanics are a little bit different. How you uh, can combine three weapons into one ultimate weapon right away, and you can stack multiple ultimate weapons on top of each other, yeah. uh, which is uh, very it's, very nice. It's very fun. <laughs> it's very fun. It doesn't feel like it has the same amount of content as in uh, Vampire Survivors, though. So I hope the developer can do some more work with the game. It's still in early access, right? I think so. Yeah. Oh, no, it isn't. It isn't according to Steam. Oh, okay. Oh. So I guess uh, the last character that came out uh, was the 1.0 release. So that is uh, something probably a lot of people are going to compare because, yeah. Ooh. Let's uh, see. Where is the... Come on. Now, granted, the the game is $4 at the moment. Yeah, thanks. And that's, a ba- that's the base price for Void Scrappers. Yeah. But I have I had some fun in that game. Let's just say that. Um, it's a little bit weird when you get to threat level 40, though, compared to um, Minute 30 in Vampire Survivors. Once again, some mechanics are a little bit different. And I also read some people are claiming they can get motion sick from Void Scrappers, and I believe that is because the ship is actually moving on the screen as the screen is scrolling. If it would be centered like in uh, Vampire Survivors, things would probably be different, I believe. There's also drift. There's yeah, con- there, there's a drift. Whenever you stop moving, you still have luck or the control. You will still drift in whatever direction you were moving. So that's also a factor. Yeah. So uh, I wonder if a developer can work on that because uh, I think I think that could help some people. I don't know how that would would it be possible though because that's a like a mechanic of the game with all the drift and well moving things on the screen and yeah all that stuff. But yeah, back to Vampire Survivors. It finally clicked with me. Um, from one half an hour to fourteen hours suddenly. What 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 happened? I, I don't know. Spass, where did all the time go? <laughs> what happened? I don't understand. <laughs> I've been completely consumed by Vampire Survivors. <laughs> I don't get it. So okay, for those listening in, Vampire Survivors. Uh, is, well, I don't want to say 
Is this the first? Can we claim it? it will be the first? I don't think it is, but it did kick off a huge number of other Bullet Heaven type games. Yeah, I don't where, know. I don't know to, to define it, by the way, to define it, uh, Bullet Heaven is the opposite of a bullet hell. You are shooting out at all of the projectiles and you are avoiding the enemies as you do that. Yeah. So uh, basically, you if you if you like the good old like arcade machines with with shoot 'em ups, but basically you are the one giving the bullets, as you say, and just want to blow stuff up. Yeah, you, you can't go wrong with vampire survivors. Holy crap! Uh, so yeah, and it has so many lockable things. It's insane. So um, basically, like every achievement has uh, something being unlocked. It's yeah, it is something. And it had a yeah. gotten a uh, DLC expansion thing with one new map and a few new characters, new weapons. Yeah, it's uh, it's the good stuff, people. I'm uh, sorry I bounced off the game, but it it is something special. Well, that that fixed itself, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, I guess the Void Scrappers uh, inspired me to go back to Vampire Survivors, and yeah, that uh, that really clicked me back then. Uh, okay, I'm running out of time here. Uh, I need to hurry up. Why? No, we're not running out of time. Okay, okay. we're not out of time. Yeah, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no timer today. So, uh, like yet last okay. last week we had a hard stop because someone asked for it, but there's no hard stop this week. Okay. Uh, another game I have been playing. Well, I even finished. Holy crap! I did finish it after eight to five hours. Whoa. Is this little thing, Labyrinth of Profane Coven of Dusk, uh, which is uh, I was kind of inspired by you, Brian, when, when to play Jacosa like a dragon to play some JRPG or anything. Well, oh, this wow. is more like a dungeon RPG instead. But basically, you build a giant party. You can have up to it's not visible on many of the screenshots here, but you can have up to 40 characters in the party <laughs> uh, all <laughs> doing is, stuff. <laughs> that is. Literally a party. And, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and oh uh, basically, every character in this party have something to do. Either they're on the front line or they're in the in the back supporting uh, front line characters with buffs or special skills or something like that. It's absolutely insane, and um, it's from the guys uh, on Nibonichi, which made uh, Disgaea. And I always loved Disgaea, but it's very grindy. And this game is no different. Holy crap, Brian, don't play this game because this is so freaking grindy. <laughs> yeah, I can confirm that. I can absolutely confirm that. And uh, like I said, I completed the story and um, what, what is it? Something 75% into the game. It grinds to a halt. Not grinding wise, but how to progress in the story because when you're in the dungeon, you get like a little pointer. Oh, there's an exclamation mark here. You should go there. Sometimes store happen, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes there's a boss there. It doesn't really tell. So that's uh, that's a big doc, if uh, I would say something. So if you're exploring and your party is about to be wiped, and oh, oh look at that, I can finally continue the store and then return to base. Oh, surprise, it was a boss fight. Uh, yeah, so, this, this uh, sounds like not for me in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great game, just not a great game for Brian. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's so many mechanics going on in the game. Like, um, all characters in your party are divided into uh, smaller groups called covens. 
uh, which can contain then uh, three attackers and five backers, which yeah sums up at forty if I'm correct. All these characters can actually bond with each other as well. And all personality assigned to these characters changes their stats to get from items. So if I have someone who is brave, that character will get more attack and maybe some crit chance. But they won't meld or combine as well with someone who's uh, reckless or something like that. So they won't get along as well. And if they get along, you will get some bonus attacks and chain attacks in your party, which is very cool to see when it happens. Hmm. But yeah. Um, it's uh, not a happy story, and there's uh, some major mature themes in the game. It doesn't look like it according to the artwork on the screenshots, let's just say that. But there are some mature themes in there, which uh, maybe I should have talked about oh. on the stream, but it's kind of surprising. Yeah, when I saw the uh, artwork, I said, oh, this is like very JRPG, very anime, and then I went out to Steam, and it says mature themes on it. I said, yeah. wow. It's not joking around with those themes as well. And um, apparently it's going to get a sequel, uh, which was released back in Japan for quite some time ago, but never made it to the West. And it's finally getting localized, which is coming in February. I'm going to link it just for a second. Come on. So this is something I really look forward to this year. Um, it's not going to be um, uh, related story-wise from Wireless Dad. It's going to be a separate story, a separate world, separate characters. Nothing's going to carry over from the first game. So it's a little bit sad to say goodbye to the previous characters. I had to step yeah, away for a, a second. Which game are you talking about? Uh, the sequel for Labyrinth of Refrain. Oh, there's a sequel? Oh my god! It's, uh, yeah, it's going to be a extremely part. Japanese. I holy moly! Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, it's not even out yet. Coming out on Valentine's Day. Yeah, coming Day. next year. <laughs> and then also, uh, I've been playing Signalis and finished it. Signalis. Do not play this game if you are depressed. I warn you. Do not play this game if you are depressed. It is uh, a very depressing story. Well, it uses two words. It uses two words called survival and horror that make me not want to play it at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, it's a, a, that's a fair one. It's a survival horror game with uh, some heavy inspiration from uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, Resident Evil, Silent Hill. It's uh, okay, yeah, it's, amazing. Uh, stuff it's pure distilled depression. I know the genre <laughs> here. <laughs> I know the genre. I know where this one's going. <laughs> You start, but, you, you, start the, you start the game fearing death, you end, uh, you end the game wishing you were dead. Yeah, I'm familiar. Uh, this, sound, oh no. this sounds like one of those BBC dramas I see all the time where like all the char- main characters die. Uh, you're not wrong, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> I admire the honesty. Also, I think I have this one because of a Humble Bundle throwing games at me. See, it's it's not the die thing that bothers me. It's the fact that you told me there's. I would wish I was dead. I said, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole thing." I but, know exactly um, what genre this is, and I know it's going to be a whole thing. But I got to say, the writing is really good. The world building is amazing because uh, they. Um, 
if you look at the screenshots, you might you may notice that everything looks like it's some kind of uh, forgotten eighties or nineties or something like that. And there are story reasons for it. Um, and it takes place in some kind of society or well, country, I suppose we can call it, uh, nation, nation um, that is heavily inspired by East Germany. So there's a lot of German in the game as well. A lot of uh, fascism and all that stuff. It's uh, it's very depressing. Yes, yes, I'd say that. Sounds exactly like my kind of game. <laughs> yeah, um, and and that artwork is amazing in, the, is, in this, is this game. Is this, is this the game you posted about the other day, where you clicked on a window and it just said space? Yes, that's the one. <laughs> At one point in the game, you uh, can exit the cockpit of a spaceship, and then you can. Oh, there's an uh, examine prompt for the to win for the window. Let's uh, let's examine space. <laughs> oh, don't know what I expected. <laughs> Well, uh, yes, the, yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> I yes, the, the most German approach to seeing the infinite, uh, the infinite sea of stars, and the uh, and the dwarf and the uh, dwarfing cult wizard. Of, yep, it's nice. <laughs> yep, but it's really good. Uh, I hope it wins some prizes because it's two, uh, two, um, two guys. I don't want to say guys. I don't know if they're women. Uh, people, but two people, two people have made a game, and. Wow, this this is a piece of art. If in my eyes, I just want to. See. What what is it astounds me is as it's described as a tense and melancholic experience of cosmic dread. Holy mackerel! That is exactly Julie. hiding it. And Julie, I got news for you. It's available on the Switch. Uh, <laughs> this is one yay! Thing <laughs> yay! Julie's bingo. I can get even more depressed on the switch. But yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's a thing. Let's get, just say that. Get, get I will a, probably talk more about get it. Get a later. screen protector and a case for your switch to protect it from your tears. Basically. <laughs> oh <laughs> so yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what everyone's been playing. Wow, good, good mix of stuff. You know, some I have one more to toss out. Oh, go for uh, it before we before you wrap up. So this one, if it goes on sale, if you like uh, strategy or tactics uh, in your RPGs, if this goes on sale, snag it. Symphony of War: The Nephilim Saga. Oh, really? Holy crap! That game is good. Oh, it is so good. I have uh, ninety-three hours in it, and I completed the game once. I still haven't done it on the highest difficulty, but uh, I'm going to dive back into it. Yeah, I love that. I think it's great. It's genuine. It, it's it's Fire Emblem, but better. Just straight up. And and the squad mechanics are very interesting because I spent a third of my time with the game just tweaking my squad uh, setups because there are so many different synergies between how you can build your, your squads out. So if you like Ogre Battle, this is the thing I compare it to. If you like the game Ogre Battle from, from the uh, console uh, from the SNES console era, I'm um, oh, sorry, from the N64 console era, uh, you will love this. And if you played Fire Emblem, yeah, this is very much in that same vein. I mostly just like it because it can give everyone guns. You can! And they're very powerful. Yeah, they're very scary. And it is just you can give everyone guns. And you've got dragons. Dragons are really, really nice. You can't give the dragons guns, sadly. But uh, 
It's close enough. No, but you can have a dragon in the squad along with cannon. That's that's actually a yes, thing. definitely. Is it a game well, I would like? Do you think I'll ask the people who know best? Spaz, I, I would say it. I would say that's that that would be a hard call because there is some grinding that you can do. It's optional. Mm. It is optional grinding. I have to make sure to to specify that because you can go through the story. And initially, there was no option really to grind aside from the arena. Uh, and you would get tokens occasionally uh, from doing battles. And then you'd be able to grind in the arena if you wanted to build up some troops. You have now the option to uh, grind as long as you have money to to grind. So there is that. But mm. for the most part, you don't have to grind battles. Some battles can be kind of long, though. And it's almost all story-based. It's a very mostly linear campaign. And it it took me about 80, 85 hours to complete. I was doing everything, though. I was, again, spending around 30 hours just tweaking squads. So wow. there is that. But it's so deep in the customization that it actually makes it worth it. I actually like Tactics Ogre mm-hmm. a lot. I got it for the Switch, and I've uh, been toying with it. But I played it on the Vita a while back, too. And I I like that game. It didn't feel too grindy. Maybe I didn't get too into it. Um, but I never felt too grindy, that game. So, hmm. Yeah, and this one has basically no grind unless you really want to. Uh, all play on hard difficulty, which don't. Yeah, just don't play on hard difficulty. Just play on the normal difficulty or run easy. You're, you'll be fine. Oh, I'll keep hard difficulty is for people who like suffering or who thought that Fire Emblem's uh, normal hard modes were somehow, uh, <laughs> were somehow just too relaxing for them. No, I mean, there is permadeath for your units. So if you're oh. not careful. But only on hard mode. Yeah, so they added in a, an option where you can turn permadeath on or off even on easier modes than hard. Don't. Mm. Which you should not do. You should have permadeath off and just just play it the way you want to play it in a more casual way. You you will still hit a few story points in which units disappear from your team, but you will typically be able to get them back. I'll just put it that way. Mm. <laughs> I have one more I'd like to add as well, if I may. I sure. just bought it. And it's uh, it was on sale. It's not anymore. But see, I used to have cats, and then I developed a severe allergy to cats, and I I broke out recently where it was like having shards of glass stuck in your body. And I told my doctor, I said, if they had asked me for the nuclear codes at that point, I would have given them all. So I missed my cat, and Stray was on sale. And I said, wow, this sounds like just the, the game for people who miss their cat. It looks like a lot of fun. I haven't played it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. It's very much a thing. I don't want to spoil anything for you. Uh, aside from one thing I will say, one little tip, meow at everything. I will say no more. Okay. Now, There's a dedicated uh, meow button. Yes. Use it on everything. Use it on everything. Yeah. I will say no more now, beyond that. All considered, good advice to hear a cat. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. See, it's, it's a chance for me to get to spend, sort of spend time with chaos, even though chaos has gone to her great reward. But, 
know. Oh, I, I know the feeling. I lost my last cat in 2005. So, yeah. Yeah. I've been uh, my, since my doctor said, you got to get rid of your cat or you're going to die. And I said, I'll think about it. <laughs> Good answer. Oh, no. I got dogs now. They hope so, but there there aren't any dog games that I'm aware of. But this cat looked just this game looks like really fun. Cats and post apocalyptic worlds. What's not to like? <laughs> it's very much an experience. I will say not much more on that than I, than what I've already said. And now I've learned meow at everything. It kind of looks yes. like pick it, up on a it computer. looks like Tokyo Jungle to me. I don't know if any of you have played Tokyo. Jungle. No, it's not like Tokyo Jungle. At oh, it all. isn't. Oh, no. Okay, it's all not. right. No, it's not. no, no, no. That's good. That I mean, that's not a bad thing. I love Tokyo Jungle though. Um, if if y'all don't know what I mean, it was a PlayStation Three only game where you play animals in a post-apocalyptic Tokyo with no humans. Crazy game. Crazy. The name rings a bell. Uh, was it any good? Yes. It, it, was, it was janky, but it was also very good. It was very good. And they also made a portable, like, turn-based combat game based on it that was also very good. Um, ah. But, uh... Did you play uh, as dinosaurs in Tokyo Jungle? Am I remember that correctly? Uh, <laughs> no, that, I, don't, I don't think that you play was as dinosaurs. Kind of a thing. Can you play as... Kind of. You can? Kind of. No, that's kind not. Of. You can mate with them and <laughs> yeah. kind of make a Pomeranian dinosaur. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 You, you, you can that's mate amazing. with the dinosaurs to make a hybrid dog dinosaur um, in Tokyo Jungle. I'm not even making this up. <laughs> okay, we need to wrap this up. Things are getting very weird very quickly. So, so friends, this is going to be the last podcast of the year. If this is all you listen to uh, for us, uh, I want to wish you all happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. And uh, thanks for supporting us on uh, Patreon if you have. Yeah, or not. If you just listen, that's fine too. Uh, Thank you for listening. Um, Hope you have a very festive, joyful, and safe holiday season. Uh, Hope you have a happy New Year's, however you celebrate. I can't believe we're almost out of 2020. Sorry. It was a decade ago by this point. <laughs> no, it's oh my God. <laughs> no, it's so weird. We're almost to 2023. It's it's so it's so. I still weird. haven't processed 2020. I I most of us haven't. Most of us haven't. And, and some of us are wondering when that giant meteor is coming. We've yes. been kind of expecting it for a while now. I I I, I, w- I wish it would. I wish it would. All right. Um, that's going to do it for us, <laughs> friends. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful holiday season. Be safe. Be well. Please take care of each other. Trust the science and get your shots if you haven't already. My God. We don't need polio coming back, people. And All right. That's holidays. a thing. <laughs> God. And have, have a wonderful holiday season. And uh, we'll either see you on the stream or we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Have a great one, everyone. Bye-bye.